Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina de la Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. Quite a numerous things of preparing today came through my heart. I do have a message somewhere in all this, so pray that it comes out. Pray it comes out. I was watching Reverend Joel one day, and he said he stayed up real late in the night. And he said he woke up, and it wasn't a big, big service with Pastor Nancy service. He got, I have nothing. I, I've been up all night long. I didn't sleep. I don't know what happened to him. He went to bed early, and he still didn't. He still got up with nothing. I'm not saying I don't have anything. I'm, still, I'm just like you. I'm still believing what God, I'm here to hear what God has to say to you. So. <laughs> but one of the things that really uh, has stood out over the, um, uh, was, came a result of Sunday service. Um, it came out, I think, purely by accident. Um, Pastor Melina had a leadership meet, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? A little meeting. Talked with the leaders and kind of went over some things. And then um, I don't know. I, I don't know why I had never shared this with the church, um, but I know that I do know that when I got this uh, was a well. What I'm what I'm about to share with you and what I shared with them, I had had for a year. I hadn't really shared with. I hadn't even shared with you all. I may have talked about it with Renee Mize one time over in Texas because um, some of the things I had shared with her had already been sitting on for six months prior to sharing that with her because I, I was looking for some wisdom on some things. And um, But one thing I did notice was I had prayed about, Lord, what does this mean? What is this? What, what is this? I go, Lord, Lord, I asked the Lord a while back, and this is, actually goes way further back. Uh, but I haven't really expressed it with you all uh, of recent and more important. It's become more of a current thing. And uh, one of the things the Lord told me, he says, this church is a regional church. And I said, I didn't understand. Okay, Lord, well, what's a regional church? I don't understand it. So I've been praying and praying and praying and just kind of going over that in my heart. And I go, Lord, what does that mean? So I, what I do was I have a journal and I had a picture of the city and then I had a picture of the county. Uh, city, county, then of the valley, then of the state, or the San Joaquin Valley, then a picture of uh, like a little grid of the state. And so there was like four exact pictures. And so uh, of recent time, I've been doing more praying for the city over the leaders and just over things, not consistently all the time, but just been doing it periodically when it was, when it was on my heart to do it. And I was just like, oh, Laura, and then, and then Lord would bring me back to that. And I'd have another dream and something would happen. And I'm like, what's going on? Why, is, why does this keep coming up? And I'm and still kind of foggy and clueless about, okay, what does this all mean? And so it wasn't until this meeting of Sunday and sharing it, I got the light. I said, well, Lord, isn't that weird? I've been sitting on this thing asking you forever, but as soon as I shared it, I got light on it. And the Lord shared with me is, is that it need, he said, he goes, it needed to get out. It, it, it needed, it needed to sprout its leaf. And, and what, what moved me even more is as soon as I walked out and they were doing pre-service prayer, uh, I believe it was by the spirit. Alexis says, and thank you, Father, that we are a regional church. And then when she said that, and I heard that, and all of a sudden it kind of just like, the Lord just started showing me what that looked like, what that entailed. I'm not going to uh, 
Uh, we're not going to, I'll edit this out, so this, I'm not going to post this. But what does that mean? The Lord was showing me, he says, there are people right now in this end time era, a lot of the older ministers are now going home to be, go on to glory. He says, a lot of them are. And he said, now, he says, now you're going to start seeing the young, where are the younger ones? Well, if you're 50, you're still considered young in the ministry. I'm still a child. Can you believe that? You're, I was watching some a ministry and there's like a whole bunch of them. They're all in their 70s and their 80s. You're like, oh, praise God. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm still young. I, I get some time to still work some things out, you know. So I, I got excited about it. The Lord was showing me. And so I, and then I, I, I turned to her and I started telling her about all the dreams and the things that the Lord had showed me over the years. He says this. Remember the, the thing, the word that came back? He said about picking up and running. He told his church that we are to pick up and run, pick up the pace. And ever since then, things have been happening. You know, uh, we are raising the level in which the way we do things in this church, not just not just on the facade, not just on the little things that you can't see, but just working on every detail, working on our hearts, dealing with our hearts. I mean, we're, we're talking, we've been teaching on, on, on the, the new man, who you are in Christ. That you're not, you're not the same person who you think you are. You're not, you don't even belong to you. You don't even, you don't even own you. If you've asked Jesus in your heart, you people think, well, I'm my own person. No, and if you're a born Christian, you are not your own. You belong to him. That's what the scripture says. And that Jesus now lives on the inside of you. You know, I'm reading a book on, uh, on Finney, and he was talking about this. He was, oh, here I am reading this. You know, I'm trying to figure out about my salvation. I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a lawyer. I'm working hard on my education. And if you don't know about Finney, he was responsible for some of the largest revivals that ever took place. By prayer. By prayer. Yes. By prayer. And uh, so he's just praying, and Lord just, Yeah. So there are some things that, are, that aren't going to come just by accident. They're going to come by purpose. You, you don't belong to you. He, he rec- oh, now I remember where I was going to go with this. He said he recognized that he wasn't his own. And he was, trying to say, he was trying to find out his salvation and how do I get salvation. He finally realized he got it by the grace of God and that he was no longer his. And he goes, well, how will I know? Because he goes, now that I, once he realized that Jesus lived on the inside of him, then he realized that he was saved. See, when you become saved, what, what is it we're saying? You're inviting Jesus to live in your life, right. live on the inside of you. So you don't live in the same way you used to live. Because uh-huh. a lot of people think they're saved, but they're not, they're, they're no, they show no fruit of being saved. Yeah. So talk, live, do what they want to do, drink how they want to drink, sleep where they want to sleep with, um, abuse the way they abuse. They, they do whatever they want to do as well as, as long as it suits them. Uh, and really what they've done is to make themselves the God of themselves because they lift themselves up. Anytime where you exalt yourself in life, you're your own God. When you exalt him, you recognize that Jesus lives on the inside of you. Now you want to push those things away because he lives with you and you take him everywhere you go. You take him to the movie theater. You take him to the bathroom. Everywhere you when you're in the shower, he's with you. He's living on the inside. You have invited him on the inside of you. He lives in there. He's not just going to leave. He, he may just like... I'm not going to see this. I'm not listening to this stuff. He may choose not to like, okay, I, I'm not participating in this, but he, I will tell you, he will convict your heart. 
he will convict your heart that this isn't good. He goes, why did you do, I mean, he may, he may, he may, you know, conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Why are we doing this? Why are we here? I, I believe that's the same thing happened to the prodigal son. He woke one day, he was, the scripture says he was sitting there, he's just eating with the pigs. One day he just wakes up like Rip Van Winkle, just wakes up. And wrote, what am I doing here? Why am I living this way? What's making me want to stay here? And see, as a regional church, we're going to be reaching people that we never thought were going to be reached. I mean, we've got people showing up to church. People recently where you just see God moving on their hearts. People are just coming forward. And the Lord said, we've had that happen before, but it was in tranquil form. He said, God says, I'm going to ramp that up. People are going to start coming to church. And they were like, why am I at church? I don't know why I even came to church today. They, they have no clue, but the only reason why they're there is because God put it on their heart to be there. The Holy Spirit was working with their spirit, bringing them to a place, bringing, wanting to bring them to a place of healing and freedom. And those are good things. I said those are good things. And so as a believer, you know, oftentimes we've got to be really sober minded about these things. Uh, first, let's open our Bibles um, Ephesians chapter, you know, 1 Peter 5, 8. We'll just start there. And as you're turning, I'm just going to quote a scripture. It says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Did you hear that? A person who does not rule his spirit. So you and I, we call to rule our spirits, but we do it with the help of Jesus. He helps us. He guides us to get, to get things in our life put together. Amen? Did I say Ephesians? Oh, 1 Peter 5.8. You know, every time I hear that song, I always think of uh, Mario Brothers. da 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 here you go, First Peter. My my thumbs are big and they're not letting me. First Peter five eight. Be sober. Be sober. We're gonna read the rest of it. Don't worry, but I'm gonna stop right there. Be sober. A lot of people are so, a lot of society today is, is so enamored with itself. It is so enamored with its accomplishments, so enamored of, of self. They're so drunk with themselves and their accomplishments that, that they can't have, they don't know how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And yet the scripture says, be sober minded, not just, not, maybe even it may not be over success. It could be just over failure. It could be just not thinking straight, but be sober. Be a sober-minded. In other words, you're allow, being sober-minded is allowing the Word of God place in your life. Allowing it to have its first place in your life. Where you get in front of the Scriptures and you get, like say for example, you're getting into 1 Corinthians. And you start to re- realize that, man, I'm not walking in love. Uh, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not walking in love, the Bible says I'm just a clangy symbol. 
I'm just making a whole lot of noise and I'm not making any movement in my life. Right? That's sober. That's being sober-minded. You mean I can't just act the way I want? I just can't give a peep, uh, a people a piece of my mind? I just can't tell her off? I just can't tell him off? I, could, I just can't just sit there and just get angry and hate people? for No, because those things will hurt you. I said, those things will hurt you. People get sick all the time because they're just their feelings. You know, they don't. The reason why a lot of folks don't really step into any healings is because they, 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 let, they let their feelings. They don't know how to control. They're not sober. They're out of control. They're just like a drunk person. You know, drunk with anger, drunk with, you know, with wrong ways of thinking. So self-deluding. God is wanting to heal that. Deliver that. And how do we become sober minded? Well, According to Romans chapter uh, 12, let's open to Romans chapter 12. It's been a while since we turned to Romans chapter 12, but my, my pastor, he, you know, he built a church in Romans chapter 12. He did. He, he, he literally built his church on Romans, cha- uh, was it, yeah, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, you brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and that perfect will of God. Well, I don't know what God wants. Well, how are you going to know what God wants if you're just doing what you want to do? Did you, did you hear what I said? Yes. Let's just say that. How, how do you know what God wants? You wants People say, I just don't know what God wants. I just don't know what God wants. Walk around, well, I just don't know what God wants. Well, the scripture says, you know, maybe you, know, maybe you shouldn't be sleeping or, or, or doing something primarily, right? You go, well, uh, uh, well, I just don't know what God wants. Well, maybe you shouldn't be out there drinking or out there late. Oh, I mean, I just don't know what God wants. And then we ignore what the word says. Maybe we should walk in love with those people. Oh, I just don't know what the word, I just don't know what to do. I, you know, and, and it's like we throw up these blinders saying we just don't know what God wants. And then when bad things happen, well, I just don't know why God allowed this to happen to me. If we ignore what he says in his word... It's sort of like we're ignoring the safety manual on a, on a, on a jigsaw or, or a television. You know, I don't know how many of you know this, but did you know that you cannot plug your TV and stand in the shower? <laughs> I, I, did you know that? I mean, I should be able to do that because I've been saved by grace. I should just be able to walk in with my TV and just, hey, you know what? I, I'm saved by grace. Nobody in their downright filthy mind would ever even think that. They'd be like, no, that is just dumb. And anybody would do something that dumb, you'd be like, you deserve that, right? Right? People would think in the the natural world, you must, unless uh, the compassionate side, well, you know, maybe there was something not right with them. Right? You know, the compassionate side of people would say that. But the uncompassionate is, oh, man, you were asking for that one. Right. And how many times do we put our lives in peril because we, we didn't receive the instruction of the word? 
is just simply said, hey, let, things, let, this, let this anger and hostility go. There was a woman who went into counseling with her husband. Pastor Melina was sharing with this, me with this last night. We were, uh, she was reading to me. It was a, out of Paul Youngie Cho's book, and she can correct me and at any time if I'm saying the story wrong. But her marriage was in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> and so as she went to the doctor, or sorry, if she, as her husband and her went to counseling, he says, look, Dr. Cho said, look, I'll help you, but we've got to be real here because I'm not going to just waste time here. We, we're going to put it all out. We're going to have to put this all out on the table. And so I think he talked to her separately, and it, it, it turned out that she had, uh, what was her life like? A grown-up? Huh? She had had an affair with her brother-in-law. Uh, she was staying with her sister. She didn't have a place to stay. And she ended up having a, a, uh, an affair with her brother-in-law. And so she lived with the turmoil and the hate. And she'd been doing this for quite some time. And then she got married because she, she wanted to escape that situation. And so now she was ridden with arthritis throughout her. Was it arthritis? No, she was just emaciated. She became emaciated, just wasn't doing She was physically just, just she couldn't even open her eyes. She was just falling apart. <clears throat> but the man of God said to her, she goes, you're going to have to forgive yourself because Jesus forgives you. She goes, what, what do you mean? God forgives me? He goes, yeah, God, God Jesus forgives you. And he had, to re- he had to come to her and tell her, look, you need forgiveness. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness and he will deliver you. It wasn't until she finally recognized that, that God loved her and that she could let these things go and that she could forgive her her brother-in-law and that she could get free of that then she was healed she began to weep after she forgave him during the the course of that meeting she she went out and hugged her husband and they were able to finally just embrace and and because there were so many things that when you're living under that that heaviness it just disrupts that guilt it just disrupts every area of your life People are bound up not recognizing that Jesus lives on the inside of them, that he loves them, and that he wants to set them free. But you can't be set free if you have unforgiveness in your heart. See, we're talking about doing the word, not cherry-picking what's convenient and what's not convenient. Sometimes that's the biggest thing that a lot of believers have to deal with, deal with that area of unconvenience. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. That person did me seriously wrong. They molested me. They, they, they murdered my brother. They, they, I will never forgive them because of the pain they caused me. That'll cost you. That anger will cost you. You, you are drinking in poison, hoping that it's going to hurt somebody else. That's all that will do. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, any, I, I don't know anybody who's like that. Well, I, I, there's some parts of us that have unforgiveness. It could be towards an uncle. It could be towards an aunt. It could be towards a cousin. that, that uh, Or it could be through maybe uh, extended family that's never accepted you. And then you have this unforgiveness on the inside of you, and all that's doing is hurting you and not hurting them. That's all it's doing. See, I believe God is going to bring a lot of healing this year for a lot of folks. Folks are going to be coming in off the streets. 
coming off this. They're doing it right now. You know, people walking, people walking from the back crying because they're ready. They're, they know they need to get set free. We've been starting to see trickles of that. So again, this Sunday, someone just came over just bawling like, I, need, I know I need Jesus. I, I know my life needs to change. See, when you get to the point of your life, when you know you finally need change, God can start helping you with change. But you've got to come to the recognition that you need help. God can't help you if you don't recognize that you need help. He can. How can I help somebody who doesn't recognize they have a problem? You can't help anybody like that. You know you can't help. You can't help anybody, and you know you can't yourself get help if you're not willing to, to, to get over and get in on those things. Amen? Say, I'm getting set free. It's so important to get set free. It's so important. Uh, let's open our Bibles to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, verse 25 says, And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of your Lord your God, that he has, done, that he has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Guys want to remove shame. You hear what I said? Restore. He wants to restore the years that the locust hath eaten. The things that where you could have been prospering. The moments where you should have been enjoying life. The things that got robbed from that the devil robbed you from. He 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 took your job. He took your Friends, he took, he, he, he stole from you over the years. He says, I want to restore those back to you. I'll tell you what, what a good day this is. To recognize that God, your father, is in the business of restoring back to you. Well, I've never really had a father. Well, he'll be a father where you've had no father. I'm telling you, that's the truth. For the first, how many years when I just got born again, my mom and dad didn't walk with the Lord. It was just me. My family wasn't walking with the Lord. They, I went through a lot of, a little bit of the grind with my family over that. Well, we're Catholic and we're, not, we're nothing but Catholic. You know, I went through that whole speech, you know, I went, I went through that. I went through a lot of people in my family rejecting me because I was walking with the Lord. Never, never mind, they didn't care if I was drinking, using drugs, and then I was having a lot of issues. But as soon as I got right with God and started going all out for the Lord, oh, then, the, then there was an issue because I wasn't in the church. The di- I, I wasn't a place I got, I got set free, but I wasn't in a place they thought I should be set free at. Yeah. Yet God used that location. God used that church to deliver me, yes. Amen. to get me set free, to get me cleaned up. Yes. But I recognized that. I had to first recognize first that I needed the help. 
that I needed a Savior. There's no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. No such thing. Any, any idea of such thinking is completely delusional. I'm a self-made millionaire. No, you're not. Who, take, who takes out your trash? You're telling me with all your stuff that you would have enough time to clean all that, take care of that, and then be a multimillionaire? No, that's not true. You, you have help. You have, we always have people helping us. Always, we always have people around us helping us. But we've got to ask, we've got to get supreme help from the master. And he will restore. He will restore. If you lost a job, if you lost a car, he will restore. Did you lose a little one? He will restore. Whatever you've lost, whatever you think you've lost, put that before the Lord. I said, Lord, I lost this. And he said, can you restore this to me? I think a lot of people don't ask the Lord to restore certain things to them. I lost a house. Well, Lord, restore me a house. Lord, you said in your word that you would restore this. Right now, I'm talking right now. I know there's a few of you right now who've gone through some losses. Never even thought about asking the Lord to restore some things. Now, he may not be able to restore some of the the lost time that you had with certain folks because they're no longer here. But he can certainly help you avoid losing even further where he can help you point things out to you where, where you can have a better relationship yeah. and value. I remember some number of years ago, the Lord dealt with me about moving back to Porterville. I'm so glad I moved back to Porterville. So glad. I got to spend time with my dad, enjoy my dad, and spend time with my dad. I think about that often. I think about, thank God I moved back. I got to spend time with him and and, and, and laugh with them. I, we got to live with them for a little bit. I love, you know, I even, the, you, I could complain about, you know, you know the story of how we got into our house. I could just sit there and whine. You know what? That lady deceived me. She would tell me, she told me, she, oh, I, I was going to buy a house. What was your name again? Jose. I told a woman I was going to buy her house, Jose. I, I, sold, I sold my house with the idea that she was going to sell me her house. You know what that woman did to me? She turned around and said, I ain't selling you the house. I what? I don't sell my house. So I can buy your house. And now you tell me you want to sell your house. Dirty dog. I could have got mad. I think I was mad for a little bit. But during that time, I was staying with my parents. I had to, we were living with my folks in transition. And it was a fun time. We laughed. We made dinner all the time. We bought groceries. They bought groceries. We cooked dinner together. I mean, there was a lot. Dinner time was fun. We laughed a lot. My, me, all of us were laughing. And I just, I think about the years that where my parents and my relationship wasn't good. And the Lord restored. Restored. There was amicable joy, friendliness, enjoyment of being, seeing each other. There was no arguing. There was just a lot of laughter. And I thought, man, God, you're so good. That you, Lord, you would give me that opportunity to have that. And not grumble about things the way they unfold later on. People complain too much. Because it didn't turn out the way they wanted. How about appreciating what you do have? How about appreciating the time that you do have with folks? Quit complaining about what you didn't have. Appreciate what you do have. Take up the opportunity. Say, Lord, you're going to restore something to me that I didn't even think was possible. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 115. I may have mentioned it, but I want to open it there. Psalms 115. Verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath given, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. You, your father God has given you everything. The earth is yours. Do you, you hear that? The earth is yours. That really made me think about some things just today when I was pre- preparing. I was thinking, wait a minute. Why am I trying to get stuff? It's already mine. That's where faith comes in. You know, I'm already trust. You know how we say we believe God that we have it? Well, the Lord says you already have it. Every, every dirt, bucket of dirt, every ore, piece of ore that was pulled out of the earth that's yours to make that card was yours everything the heaven everything that's on this planet is already yours the oxygen you breathe that's yours that water you drink that's yours god is wanting to bring his his family into a place of provision Understanding that they're cared for, understanding that he's already done it for you all, and that, that, that he wants to restore back what the enemy has deluded you in thinking that is not even yours. He cheats you into thinking that's not yours. That, that, like, there's no way God will ever get you a house. There's no way God will ever get you a car. There's no way God will ever get you a promotion. There's, no, there's just no way. I've just done so many wrong things. There's, it's just impossible for God to, to ever love someone like me. One of my favorite stories is the woman at the well. You hear a lot of people say, you know, once you're married, no, nah, I'm not into me and Pastor Lee have been married for 30 years. I ain't gonna ever leave her. She I hope she never leaves me. <laughs> I try to make sure I walk a straight line. It's a straight line, baby. I'm walking a straight line. The woman at the well. It's such a, a wonderful story because it paints a picture of a woman who had been married more than once. Jesus didn't say, oh, you've been your first husband was your real husband. You need to go back to him. He didn't even say that. But if you listen to a lot of people's theology, oh, once you're married, you can never get married again. That's not right. In fact, he looked at her. He said, he goes, um, he said something to her about her husband. And he, she goes, yeah. She said something, and then he just said, he goes, and the man that you're with, he's not even your husband. She goes, how does this man know all about me? How? And yet she went and testified. He loved her openly. He received her openly. Even with all the, the marriages, even with the guy that she was living with, and even though it wasn't right, he didn't just say, I, I, I don't want nothing to do with it. He said, give me water. Where most most religious people wouldn't have had anything to do with her, he said, "Give me water," and he ministered to her. He he took an opportunity to love her. If God could take the opportunity to love somebody whom the religious world would would condemn and say, 
that has no shot at re uh, of, re of any redemption. How many of you know your heavenly father, your heavenly father will be there for you? Well, I've done worse. Well, you may have, but it's under the blood. You're a new creature. You're a new, remember what the Bible says, that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. In other words, you're, you're all, all the things have passed away. You're new before the Lord. You don't have a past. If you've never received Jesus, you're not a new creature yet. That, that's, that is really what the hang-up point is. You can't receive righteousness that is not even yours unless you receive Jesus. His righteousness is the one you stand on. Your righteousness, well, you know, I try to be a good person, will never float in heaven. If, if it was all dependent on you being a good person, Jesus would never have had to go to the cross. Ever. He had to die on the cross for you. Because our righteousness on itself, as the scripture says, is filthiness, is rags. His righteousness, his righteousness alone makes us right. Puts you in right standing. You, he purchased that for you. He sacrificed that for you. He gave that for you. So I don't understand why folks would ever reject that, but people do reject that free gift. And they, yet they've been predestined to receive it. In other words, salvation has already has their name on it. Has their name. Has Sarah's name on it. Predestined. Yep, she's got her salvation right here. She wants to receive all she has to say. Uh, where's I would like to receive my salvation? Oh, yep, your name is right here. We've, it's already been purchased for you. It's already been taken care of. You've already been blood bought. You've already been blood cleansed. Here you go. It's, it's yours. Now she needs to find out all that, that, that is contained with that. But she can receive it or, or not receive it. But it's already, it's already been predestined that she received it. It's already been set aside for her. Pastor Melina and I, or, or, or she's, she's like one of those people that likes to shop. And we'll go to the place and she'll look at this. She's, she goes, oh, oh, can you hold this for me? She goes, oh, yeah. So, but we can only hold it for the day. She says, okay, okay. Sometimes we never go back to those laps they show for, hold for, for the day. <laughs> but it's been a set aside for her. She can go back during that day. Yeah. Or sometimes they hold it for 24 hours. In the 24 hours, you can come back. You, we, we may never go back, but for 24 hours, it's hers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Your salvation is already, and it's never taken away until we go on to be with the Lord. Or go on to... Just go to the other side. So we want to make sure that you receive Jesus before you leave this world. Because you only get one shot. We only get one shot. Right? Amen? It's so important. So, so it's really important. A lot of us, just, we just forget about these things. Amen? Am I helping anybody? So, I mean, things are going to start happening. I see people getting saved. People coming to the altar. People getting healed. I mean, we're going to start seeing instant healings. People are going to come up who didn't even come up for healing. You know, that's one of the things that you, that's really a big thing is, is that when people receive Jesus, God heals them immediately. Can you imagine that? You're just going up there to receive Jesus and you need healing for your body. You need something, you just receive Jesus and all of a sudden God just starts healing your body, starts delivering your soul, starts setting you free. It's like you get like, you get like, Three or four years of just like, man, God just been showing up left and right. What's going on here? Amen. I don't know about you, Jack, but I'm, that's, her, I'm, that's, her, that's her dad talking. 
I've been around her father a little too much. He goes, I don't, I'll tell, I don't know you, about you, Jack. I'll tell those folks a thing or two. I don't know about you, but man, I, I would receive Jesus. I wouldn't let another day go by or, or a little water under the bridge go by just, just before I receive Jesus. No, I'd get him quick. Get him while you're young. Get him now. You don't want to. You don't want to keep hurting. You want to keep, you know, knocking your knees on the on things. Amen. Maybe it's just a rededication. Maybe it's just something that's just rededicating your life. Your your heart's hurt. Your your heart's broken. Things didn't work out the way they should have worked out, and yet God's wanting to work them out. I believe God is wanting to work some things out this this evening for you. I believe God wants to set you home tonight, go home and just be able to have some of the best sleep you ever had. Some of you have been a long time since you had a good night's rest. Some of you stepped up two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. That's just, just not Gonzalo because he's at work. I'm telling you, there's some folks, man, they just, they haven't had any rest in a long time. They've had a heavy heart. If they sense the rejection, they feel rejected, they feel failure, God said, I want to set you free of that today. Set you free from that, those feelings of inadequacy. Set you free from just the, 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 just the just sickness in itself. Now, you know, Jesus went around, the Bible says, he went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed. All that there were, all that were sick and healed and oppressed of the devil. All, all, A-L-L, all. You know, I looked up that word all in the Bible. You know what? I looked up that word all, all in the Greek and uh, Hebrew, and I looked it up in the dictionary. You know what the word all means? You know what it means? It means all. It means all. It means everything. If you need to get free, God will deliver you of all things. And He don't just do it part way. He does it all the way. And then we just got to renew our minds and start thinking straight. Start learning to learn how to think right. Thank God God was patient with me over the years, teaching me how to think straight. He did. He helped me. He helped Melina think straight. I mean, you're married for 30 years. You're bound to think something crooked about one another. But thank God you got Jesus. You, as, soon as, you get, as soon as you get off just a little bit, boy, he just brings you back so quick. He helped me raise your babies. He'll help, he'll help you be a parent. He'll help you be a son. He'll help you be an employee. But boy, he's just so full of help. He never lets, he never quits on you. He ain't quitting on you. He never has and he never will. So with every eye closed and every eye, every eye closed and head bowed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this invitation to you tonight. Because it's one thing to, to do it privately, but it's another thing to do it publicly. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you have it, and it's been a long time since you've walked with him, but you know, you know down deep in your heart that you need to get things straight. If that's you and you say, Pastor, I know I need to get things straight. It's been a long time since I've walked with you. Matter of fact, I, I couldn't tell you where a scripture is in my Bible, even if I tried. But Lord, I know I need you tonight. Lord, I do know I need to I get set free. Lord, I do I know I got a lot of problems on the inside. Lord, I, Lord, you know I'm a wreck. Lord, you, I know you're the only person that can help fix me that's you right now. I said, Lord, I know I need your help. I need your help, Father. I need your help, Lord. Help, help me. I want to, I need you. I need you to be my Lord. I need you to be my Savior. That's you. Would you raise your hand where you're at? You say, Father, I just need you now. I'll pray with you. 
tell you one thing, boy, that devil don't want you to get saved. He don't want you to get saved. He don't want you to get committed to God. He wants to keep you trapped. together then anyways let's just pray this out loud together dear heavenly father today I make a choice to receive Jesus living on the inside of me Satan I don't belong to you I belong to Jesus I belong to God and I mean it from the bottom of my heart I mean it I mean it like I like I I mean it like I mean it like I mean it. That's right. Lord, touch my heart. God, be my Father. Jesus, live on the inside of me. Holy Spirit, move in my life. Teach me. Guide me. In Jesus' name. Amen. How have you meant that when you pray that? You meant, you meant it. I tell you what, boy, watch, just watch what God does on the inside of you guys. Just, just, just see what God does on the inside of you. Just start saying, Lord, I, I prayed that and I meant it. I meant it, Jesus. I meant it, Father God. I went in there and, and sometimes you made the devil say, oh, you old thing, you didn't mean nothing. You just said it because the preacher made you say it. Well, yeah, there may be some bit of truth to that, but you go, yeah, well, I'll tell you, I may have done it but at first, but I really, I really mean it now. I really mean it now. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm, si- I'm, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of coming up on the bottom. It's time, it's time for me to turn things around. I thank you, Father. I'm going to have a better day. I'm going to have a better life. Matter of fact, this week's going to be the best week of my life. I believe that when I come back to church, I'm going to come back to Pastor Marcus or Pastor Melina and say, you know, you, we prayed that together. And I thought, my God, I didn't think that was possible for me. I didn't think that was possible for me. You're going to say, you know what? I did. I prayed it. I went back home and I had the best sleep I ever had. And, and then I had some peace. I'm like, where did this peace come from? Well, I'll tell you where it came from. It's because Jesus lives on the inside of you now. Even when you go back and watch them ugly movies that you're going to go back home and watch. You're like, Jesus is going to be sitting there like, mm. we're going to watch this again. We've watched this 300 times. When you watch this ugly movie again, you're like, I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting tired of this. And he'll just help you. He'll help you. He'll be at work and you don't know what to say, and the Lord will help you what to say with that ugly person. He'll always say ugly things to you, rude things to you. And you'll they'll be looking like, what happened to you? There's something different about you. Yeah, I got saved. You know, people used to stop me that I knew. Used to stop me. Say, you look different. You look different. I go, there's something different about you. I mean, friends I hung out with, friends I drank with, did drugs with, partied with. Looked at me, you look different. I go, yeah, I'm free. I'm free. I'm redeemed. I'm sober. I thank you, Heavenly Father, I'm free. No longer bound. You see, you you just look different. I go, I got joy now. I got joy. See, that was the number one thing I really realized. I got joy. And a lot of people didn't have joy like I had joy. And when you got joy, baby, it's, the Bible says, it's unspeakable joy. I didn't just get regular joy. I got the unspeakable joy. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. I got a lot of folks in here that have been set free. A lot of folks here got set free. 
Now, now it's time to get in some things. The Lord told me, tell your folks some things that they lost. It's time to get some things back. Come on. Start expecting now. Things that you thought you lost, you're getting some things back. Come on, it's going to be a good year. Even some of you just visiting. I was just visiting. Well, no, you're going to get some things back. Amen? Why? Because he just loves you. Simply just because he loves you, just because he adores you. You think God adores me? Yes, he adores you. He adores you so much. He loves all his children. You're, you ask Jesus in your heart, he's your, you're his child. Amen? Well, I love you. We love you. I went a little bit long. I went to 805, but I certainly wasn't as long as Pastor Melina. Well, I was way shorter. Sometimes she go to 815. You got off easy today. Don't you think you could have ended sooner? Baby, I ended at 8.05. I ain't, I ain't no 8.15. I'm teasing. I ain't teasing. She does great. She's a great teacher. Mighty woman of God. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you haven't ever heard her on a Wednesday night, you're missing out on something. I'm telling you, you're missing out on something. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. We'll, we'll see you Sunday. Amen. God's doing great things. Amen. I love you. And Pastor, you got anything? Okay, you are released. You are relented. Jesus' name. Amen.